This morning from St. Matthew, chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way, when his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph. But before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Do you remember the main human character featured in our Scripture lesson last Sunday morning? It was Mary, the one God chose to bear this Son of which we've been talking. It was the Gospel according to Luke telling the story, really focused on Mary and her interaction with this message she had received and what she might do. And it said that she was perplexed and pondered it in her heart, but then finally ended up saying, Here am I, a servant of the Lord. Well, this morning we read from Matthew's account about this activity of God, but Matthew features Joseph and his experience with all of this. There are many parallels in these two stories from Luke and Matthew. They both say the the couple were betrothed or engaged, is what Matthew says this morning. They both talk about this being a special work of God, that somehow the power of the Holy Spirit was at work in these circumstances. This was not mere human activity, but God was at work here doing something special for the world. And then finally, they both are afraid, or at least they both hear the message, do not be afraid. That's what Luke said about Mary, that's what Matthew says about Joseph in verse 20 as we were reading through there, right after Matthew says that Joseph had decided to quietly dismiss Mary because of what was going on, then it says, but just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So parallels in the story, but focusing one on Mary, today on Joseph. I told you last week that if the message is do not be afraid, and the message is to you, be ready to be scared. That the messenger or the angel or God is about to invite you into some new territory to challenge you or to say, I could use you if you would move out of your comfort zone. I know this is going to scare you is the implication, but do not fear for I am with you. So put yourself in Joseph's position for just a moment. Think which might be scariest. The first part of the message which says, take this one for your lifelong mate, even though you think she's been unfaithful and disloyal, even before you're married, take this one as your partner. 
Or maybe the second part is even scarier, which says, this baby that's about to be born is from the Holy Spirit. What do you do with that as a parent? Thinking that somehow God has already touched this child. That somehow God is going to be working through this baby. How does that make you feel as a parent? I think Joseph was plenty scared and had reason to be so. And yet he's thinking about this message in our passage. We read through these stories as if they're kind of an ordinary, normal lead up to the next part of the story. But both of these accounts we've read are not ordinary stories. They're out of the ordinary circumstances. They're a little bit strange. It's kind of weird the things that are going on here. And yet we read that God is at work in the midst of such circumstances. Upon waking, Joseph is left to discern what this all means. What is going on here? How can he make sure that this is God leading him? They say hindsight is twenty twenty, And certainly when we're trying to discern where God is at work and if God is leading us in one way or another, it's so much easier to look back on our lives and say, oh, at that point, oh, yes, God was leading me and I followed. Oh, at that point, there was God's leading and I followed. It's much more uncertain to try to do that in the midst of circumstances where you're not sure what is happening and you're not sure what's going on and who's doing what and in the moment, your life is happening. It's so much more difficult to discern for sure. Is this God leading? Or is this just something crazy in my head? I mean, we have all heard those stories where a person stepped forward and said, God has spoken to me. Come on, follow me. And then something really terrible happens. Often fatal. People are damaged or destroyed. Violence often happens. It's difficult to discern sometimes. Where is God at work? Who is God speaking to? How might we respond if God is speaking to me? Well, that's the kind of circumstance Joseph finds himself in. Joseph is going to have to decide, while this is happening, is this really God speaking to me? Joseph will have to decide, even though he's probably not feeling much love for Mary right then, is this what God is asking me to do? Joseph has to decide even when he can't feel it. To use the words from the poem we're talking about this month, it's much more likely that he's feeling hurt or wounded or a bit broken or betrayed, maybe even angry and distant, feeling like Mary has betrayed him or duped him. But still, he has to decide, is God at work in this? Am I really to take these steps that I just heard about in my dream? We've been using this poem for our theme music. I've put it in your outline again. I remind you, it's an anonymous poet. These words were found scratched into a wall at the end of World War II in the Auschwitz camp. I believe in the sun even when it's not shining. I believe in love, even when I don't feel it. I believe in God, even when He is silent. Now, in our passage today, God is not silent. But certainly, I think we can see that Joseph is at an intersection between belief and unbelief, whether or not God is speaking to him. 
He's in an intersection trying to decide, do I love her? Am I going to take her? Do I do what I think God is asking me to do or not? Is God really reaching out to use me in this plan to do good things for the whole world? He decides, even in the midst of his distress, that he can trust in God. He decides God is working in his life. And I think that very last verse we read today, verse 23, is key in his decision. It is a quote. It says, Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now that's a quote from the book of Isaiah. This is a quote out of Joseph's own faith tradition. He had been taught that God is trustworthy, that we should be followers of God. And now he hears this from his own scripture. And I think it assured him that indeed God had worked in mysterious ways before. That God had worked through births of babies before. That God had brought good times out of bad circumstances. And he decides maybe that's what God is doing here. But of course he has to decide that before Jesus is ever born. Before he's ever done anything remarkable or marvelous to assure him that this is God at work. When Joseph trusts that God is with him, it brings him clarity about direction and therefore brings him peace. He has a sense of peace once he decides, I can trust God and God is at work here and God is leading me. Notice his circumstances had not changed. The external circumstances were all still the same. But once deciding... He could trust in God. Joseph had changed. And once Joseph changed, the story turns from just a personal struggle that he is having into a story with much bigger implications. In fact, implications for the entire world. Oh, God is going to do something special through this baby. They're going to name Jesus. But God needs Mary and Joseph to step up and participate and cooperate if this is all going to work out. In verse 21, it sort of hints to us that they both have a role to play here. Matthew says, she will bear a son, and you, Joseph, are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The larger lesson for us here is that when we keep faith with God, God does big things through us. God might even do things through us to save God's people. So I was reading over and over this passage this week. I began to think of that old black and white movie, It's a Wonderful Life. It begins to run this time of year. I mentioned at 8.30, I'm sure it's going to begin to run this time of year. And about a half a dozen people said, it was on last night. I was watching football. I missed it. <laughs> But I know the story. You remember George Bailey's the main character, played by Jimmy Stewart. When George is graduating from high school, he has big dreams. He has big plans. He's going to tour around the world. He wants to go places. But as the plot unfolds, one thing and then another happened. Dramatic things in his family where he cannot leave. He has to stay in his hometown, Bedford Falls. Oh, he so thinks he should go and tour the world, and then something else happens, and he's not able to go. And by the end of the movie, 
there's this disastrous turn that takes place in his business. And he thinks this is going to ruin his reputation and ruin his business and that he cannot go on. And he begins to think his best solution is suicide. And right about then, he sent a guardian angel. And the guardian angel gets an idea when he hears George thinking, it would be better if I were not born. The angel says, well, let's see what that would be like. And he begins to show him what would have happened if George Bailey had never been born. And he says, first off, your brother dies as a child, and he can't believe it. But then he's reminded his brother, on a winter afternoon, out sledding with all the boys, goes into a lake and falls through the ice. George saves his life. He says, your father, your brother would have died. He would have never been the war hero that you know him to be. He would have never saved thousands of lives during the war by his gallant efforts because he would have died as a child if you had not been born. He goes on to show him the lives of other people, other ones that he has touched. There was a pharmacist he worked for who one day was distraught and still mixing prescriptions and put poison in one to send to a sick boy, but George saw it and stopped him and saved the boy's life. He said, your pharmacist friend would have gone to jail, would have ruined his life. Your mother would have been a widow, but oh, so lonely and bitter. Your wife, a spinster, your four beautiful children would have never been born. And it goes on to show all these different relationships that George Bailey has touched their lives. He's made a difference, but it just didn't feel like that was what he was supposed to do. But because he sacrificed, he saved his friends. He saved his family. He saved his people. Because George is faithful in his closest relationships, he has literally and figuratively saved his people from their sins. And he begins to think maybe he's not a failure. That maybe all those times where he thought, he was having to go the wrong direction. He was really going the right direction. That when he was faithful in those small encounters, in his mind, so small, that maybe they were life-changing for someone else. And finally, on this snowy Christmas Eve, he gets back home after this disastrous business turn, and he is so excited to have been alive to have a wife, to have children. He realizes he's the richest man in town. Oh, not financially, but he is the richest man in town because of all these personal relationships that have meant so much to him and he has meant so much to them. He realizes he is living the dream. He is living the dream of having a wonderful life. What if we decided that God might be speaking to us? What if we decided God might be reaching out to us? What if even in our times of turmoil and uncertainty and distress, we decided we could still trust in God? 